Read again with me, Romans 15, 26 and 27. For Macedonia and Achaia, who is that church? Philippi, Thessalonica, and Corinth. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints. Notice that. It is not a contribution to the poor, full stop. It is a contribution to poor Christians. The poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Should we care for the poor? Yes, but we'll talk about that in just a second. For the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Now look at verse 27. It's going to get to our first reason for the biblical value of giving. And it's going to shock you, I guarantee it. Yes, they were pleased to do so. And they are indebted to them. Underline it in your Bible. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things, what is that? It's the gospel, isn't it? The gospel has gone from Jerusalem through the apostle Paul to Macedonia and to Achaia. It's never been there before. They are the recipients. The foundation has been laid in spiritual matters because of the gospel. And he says this, For if the Gentiles have shared in their, Jerusalem's spiritual things, they are, there's our word again, indebted to minister to them. And here's the part that just makes everybody squirm. Also in material things. Some people don't have a value for giving in any material sense because they go, nope, spiritual benefits, spiritual return. Spiritual benefits, spiritual return. The Apostle Paul looked at them right in the eye and said, you benefited spiritually, you owe them. And you might as well get out your checkbook. Make sure there's a routing number on that. First Bank of Corinth, okay? So this is, this is an amazing idea, and it really becomes tricky for us to actually embrace. But this is what the Bible says, not what Nathan is saying. The value that we are talking about is giving, but the reasons are sevenfold. Number one, indebtedness. And yes, you heard me right. The Apostle Paul says that the Macedonians and the Achaeans, the Philippians, the Thessalonians, and the Corinthians were indebted to Jerusalem. The Gentiles, that's all three of those places, shared in Jerusalem's spiritual things. Paul had planted every one of these churches, as I just said. They benefited in spiritual things, but were indebted in more than just spiritual things. They were indebted also in material matters. This ministry of material things, or the value of giving, was extended to the needy, the poor among the saints in Jerusalem, But some of you are going, ah, it only goes to the poor, Nathan. I don't want to hear any more of your stuff. Uh, Not so much. It went to Paul, and it went, as we're going to see in a second, to all other matters that the church needed at the time. Wow, this is staggering stuff. And we're squirming. We're squirming because we look at it and we go, I'm I'm not sure, sure I really like this. But let me say something before I continue to make you squirm. Okay? Before I continue to make you squirm, here's a, a beautiful thing about our church. We have a whole lot of really good givers in this church. We have a lot of good givers not because they're giving out of compulsion or obligation or pressure. You know why they're not giving out of compulsion or pressure or obligation? Because I don't preach on money. <laughs> you amen me too much there, <laughs> right? right? I, don't, I don't preach on money. You can't remember the last time I gave a message on money because I can't remember the last time I gave a message on money. There's another principle that I want you all to understand, and maybe it's why there's such freedom in the giving in this church right now. 
And that is, the one thing that I do not do as a pastor is I do not look at individual giving records. Do you know why I don't look at individual giving records? Not because I don't care about you, not because I don't care about the blessings that you will receive, and I'm not talking prosperity nonsense here, but the blessings that you will receive if you sow, because we're going to get to that as a principle. The reason for that is so that I can stand in front of you every Sunday morning, look you square in the eye, and know that I am not thinking about you. I am simply preaching a biblical principle, and I want you to hear it. And I don't want you to feel guilt from me or condemnation from me. I have no right to do it anyway. That's the spirit of God's job. That's the word of God working in your heart. So I don't preach about giving, not because it's not in there. We're at Romans 16, 15, and it just so happened to show up. So I guess I got to deal with it. Okay? But I want you to understand, I don't look at those things because I love you. I don't want you to think, yeah. He's got me right in his crosshairs today. No, if you're in anybody's crosshairs, it's called Jesus. Okay, so there you go. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15 through 17. The ministry of material things, that's the value of giving, was extended to the needy, to Paul, and to others. Philippians 4, 15 through 17. You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia... So let's translate that, church. After I left all y'all, after I left your region, after I left your district, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. After I left you, you were the, you were the, the people. Now look what he says here, and there's an importance to this. He says, for even in Thessalonica, that's part of you. Right? Even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Maybe Thessalonica didn't understand the principles of giving yet. Maybe they were a new church and didn't understand it. But even when Paul went from Philippi to plant the church in Thessalonica, they sent him money and they sent him resources. They sent him food most likely too to make sure that he was taken care of during this great missionary journey. Verse 17. Now this is a hard thing, hard pill to swallow for people to hear from a apostle or especially from a pastor look what he says he says not that I seek the gift itself but I seek for the profit which increases to your account and you know what we say we say I don't believe you <laughs> I don't believe you pastor in a money talk this is all about you this is all about you no and I'll tell you why the reason why he doesn't seek the gift itself is because Paul has a deep and profound trust that God will provide for him. Paul is not wavering in his faith. What he is actually concerned about, and this is what I'm concerned about with you, is that you will reap what you sow. It's not an Old Testament principle alone. It is a New Testament principle. I hope, 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 that you will take giving seriously because God has things planned. God is doing things through you. Now, you can believe me or you, can't, you don't have to believe me, right? I, I understand that trust is earned. I understand that you can look at me and go, man, he's no way. I'm not doing it. It's just a guy wanting money. That's fine. You, you can think what you want of me, but you can't think what you want of the word of God. Wrestle with it. Please wrestle with what God says. So, the concept of indebtedness, let's just keep firing through this. The concept of indebtedness or owing something is not foreign to Scripture. 
In Galatians 6, 6, here's what we read about, uh, about spiritual sowing and even material uh, sowing back or giving back. Verse 6 of Galatians 6, the one who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches him. It doesn't say he ought to. It says that he must. What a, what a fascinating idea. And then we miss that next line. It says he must share all good things. All. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, it says this, that the elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor. Well, good. We'll just honor them. No, 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 no. Especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. I'm so glad Jesus calls me an ox. Anyway, so you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. But look at what he parallels that with. He says, the labor is worthy of his wages. Do you see that? There are a lot of churches in America right now that are struggling, okay? They're struggling, and here's why I actually think they're struggling. I don't think they're struggling because people don't want to have good values and good reasons. I think all people do. If you told people the value of giving with good, solid biblical reasons, I think you'd have a whole lot more buy-in inside of the churches. But I don't think correct values and reasons have been communicated. I think manipulation is what has been laid out there. And one of the reasons why a lot of small churches are struggling is because people don't value giving and they don't value it for the reason of needing a shepherd to be there all the time. Whether you know it or not, it is a, it is a very, very valuable thing to have. And if you haven't taken advantage of it, if you haven't benefited from it, please call me, email me. Barney's on staff next week, so not next week, the week after that, he's vacationing, jerk. Anyway, so he's on, call him, right? Call him. But the, the point, Barney and Mark and I all share the exact same heart, and that is we care for you. We do, deeply. We do. We will make the time. We will sit down. We'll talk through your stuff. I might not have an answer for you, or at least not an answer you like, but... I will work with you. So he goes on. The King James Bible interprets 1 Timothy 5 this way. It says, thou shalt not muzzle the ox while it is threshing. It's called a negative command in scripture. Uh, and it's, a, think 10 commandments. It's the same thing. If, do you think God was serious? Thou shalt not murder. You better all raise your hand or I ain't coming to your house, right? Thou shalt not murder. He also said, thou shalt not muzzle the ox while he's treading out the grain. 1 Corinthians 9 echoes this point but expands on it. Paul says to the Corinthians, For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. God is not concerned about oxen, is he? What's the answer, church? No, he's not concerned about oxen. Maybe he's, a, maybe he's an animal lover. He created them. But verse 10, or is he speaking altogether for our sake? What's the answer, church? It doesn't matter what you think the answer is. Paul says, yes, for our sake. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yes, for our sake. It is written because, because, and listen to the reason. The value is giving. The reason is this. The plowman ought to plow in hope. What kind of hope? The plowman ought to plow in hope, and the thresher ought to thresh in hope. Of what? Of sharing the crops. Of benefiting from what's going on. Do, do pastors need to make, I'm just going to 
shoot myself in the foot here. Uh, it's fine by me. The Spirit is working on you guys. That's fine by me. Do pastors need to live in really affluent positions in their life? No. I do not like the idea that pastors, there's an entire website about pastors and sneakers and their high-end sneakers and their high-end this and their high-end that. It really does bother me. It doesn't bother me because I don't think God blesses his people. That's actually an irrelevant point. It bothers me because as a pastor, it is really hard to shepherd people when you can't relate to them. Do you know that? It's really difficult. Should a pastor be taken care of? Yes, please. Right? <laughs> yes, please. Okay. And I got four daughters, so smile. Anyway, I, sorry, I just I had to throw that out there. But I don't I don't like the idea that pastors live in mansions and do those things. I don't like that. And and I and I don't like it for for many reasons. One of which is also that I think it gives every other pastor a bad name. I think pastor I think people think pastors are all crooked schemers. You can think that of me if you'd like to think that of me, Dave McCarthy. But, but I will tell you this. You can, you can follow my life. You'll see. You'll see who I am. You'll see what I care about and what I don't care about. You'll see what matters to me and what doesn't matter to me. Trust me. I'm an open book. It's all worn on my sleeves. You'll see it eventually. So, okay. So this is not merely spiritual blessings. He's talking about taking care of people. For the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things. They are indebted to minister to them also in material things. Also in material things. Also. It's both and. Giving is a value in the church. And one reason for giving is that we are indebted to those who have shared with us. Now, I know that this is challenging for some of you. But trust me, it makes it hard to preach as a pastor makes it very hard because I realize that this sounds self-serving. But I can, you can remove me from the equation if you'd like, and you can, you can forget about me. I simply want you to see that another minister of the gospel who was inspired by God to write the pages of Scripture 2,000 years ago is the one who said these words. He's the one who told the Romans that they were indebted to Jerusalem for these matters. Last thing on this point. Notice that when Paul says to the people that they were indebted, he gives no disclaimer. He gives no disclaimer. They understood the value of giving and they understood this particular reason. Only in the 21st century do we have to spend hours and hours communicating to people that even though we're saved by mercy, we're still called to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, aren't we? And the same thing applies in every practical area of your life. Listen, church, when we give back to God and we give back to his church, when we do those things, we are not paying him back for our salvation. Here's what we're doing. How many of you know the scripture that says we were bought at a price? Raise your hands real high. We were bought at a price. When you give back to the church, you know what you're doing? You're giving God what belongs to him anyway. (laughs) You're giving God what he purchased a long time ago. This is true worship according to Romans 12. Romans 12. 